Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer, Porter, all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Defensively, we started locking up and, and changed our defense a little bit. We went to a what we call a hit or a shadow, um, and Desi soft trapped, and, and uh, you know I, I thought it, 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 it helped us for four defensive possessions, kind of get the ball out of out of certain players' hands. You know, specifically Tyree and and um, you know Schuler in particular. Uh, but I you know I thought down the stretch. Defended, rebounded, and we got shots uh, with players that we wanted taking shots. And then I thought, you know, from a free throw standpoint with the game on the line, Jimmy Witt and Isaiah and Adrian, I thought those guys did an incredible job making shots. And, um, you know, 49 points in the second half. I thought we played with some some really good pace. And, uh, you know, Isaiah put on a show shooting-wise. Yeah, we felt like, you know, points off turnovers. And, and we actually, you know, we had Jimmy Witt face guard the last four and a half minutes of the game. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we, we, we had Desi lead his man and, and, and try to go trap softly. And, um, you know, I thought defensively we couldn't ask for anything more down the stretch. Um, I, I just think that this group, like, they don't, we don't really fear anything, you know. And, and um, in the huddle, halftime, like, they still think they're going to win. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the Hog Talk Podcast, episode 56. Thank you guys so much for downloading and listening. With me today, our producer, Porter Hayes. How you doing, my man? Doing really good. Doing really good. Other than it being really cold out, uh, only in Arkansas you can have uh, tornadoes on one day and snow the next. So uh, <laughs> it, it was a pretty eventful night the other night with the tornadoes in our area, so i uh, I think they had an EF2 touchdown in my neighboring county. So yep. def- definitely prayers out to those families that, who lost their houses and, and turkey houses out there. Logan County got hit. Uh, yeah, it was an F2. I think they said it was a large F2, maybe a small F3. I heard that. That was uh, sad. Thoughts and prayers out to them. Um, you know, you hate to hear that anywhere, but obviously for us, especially in Arkansas, we uh, you know, it's too bad. Hopefully uh, – Hopefully they can rebuild, recover, and, and be all right. So we'll start off, Porter. We'll get to the juicy stuff right out the gate. Well, I, I know people want recruiting news. Our Discord's all over that. Uh, thank God. Thank you, God, for Discord. You guys coming through, saving your boy Ty here. Because we're sitting here thinking, like, how do we, you know, there's not a ton of news out there, but there's definitely, we've got some some recruiting news. 
Uh, obviously, we got a big transfer. Well, I say big, quote unquote big, for the position and the lack of depth at that position. I think you could call it big. And what he did at his previous school, that's a nice addition. We'll get to that. But first, right out the gate, let's talk about some basketball. Um, I, I starting with the women's. I was at the game tonight. I know they've struggled a little bit as of late, uh, but they made a nice turnaround tonight against Mizzou. I'm going to tell you something. I've watched plenty of basketball in my day, and I've watched the women's quite a bit this year. Been to them, seen them in person. I've not seen a game that physical from the women, from from either them or their opponent, all year long, and I loved every second of it, Porter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when when you have 27 fouls on Missouri and 22 on uh, Arkansas, I mean, and I got the catch, and you actually tipped me off on it. You know, uh, Chelsea Dungey got in a little squabble there at the end of the game. So, I mean, they, they were ready to throw down. I mean, it, uh, Missouri had, you know, two girls foul out. It, it was crazy. I've never – yeah, two girls fouled out. I, I don't know how common that is. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no, I have no idea how, how common or uncommon that is. But I, that was the ch- – and I saw this in the first half, and I'm sitting here thinking – there's people who aren't watching this game or don't have access it or, or access to it or, or they're not at the game they're, or maybe some people are listening to it however they can. And I'm like, you are missing out on some a really good brand. I, look, I like physical sports. I liked, and I'm going to get off subject for a second, I like Brett Bielema's style of offensive football. Big, physical, stop us if you can. You may know what's coming. You may not, thanks to play action, but we're going to we're gonna beat the hell out of you up front. We're going to play a physical brand of football. It's depleting. It's going away in football. But it's so nice to see this in either men's or women's. The men's team, I think they do more talking than, <laughs> than they do with the, the physicality side of things because they just don't have the size to be physical. That's why they struggle boxing out inside. The women kind of have the same problem. Um, of course, I don't have my stat sheet in front of me right now uh, from the game, but uh, I, I, I'm sure the women got out-rebounded, but I'm going to tell you something. They made up for it with that physicality. It was so good to see. And I, saw, I said early on, uh, my dad actually took my, my 7-year-old to the game, and they sat kind of next to me or adjacent to the media aisle. And I leaned over to my dad, and I said, this is some pretty physical football. And he goes, yeah, I, I did not expect to see this. It was good to see. Those girls had a chip on their shoulder. They were carrying – I think Mike Neighbors said in the postgame uh, seven straight losses to Mizzou. And, uh, yeah, they've, seven they, straight. They started a new uh, – hopefully they start their own streak with Mizzou. They're going to play them again later on in the year. I'm honestly excited for it. Obviously, that will be on the road. We won't have access to that. We won't be there in person, but I'm going to try my best to keep up with it however I can. But uh, really – I mean, it was sloppy. Girls got off to a rough start. I mean, they were shooting like 0% from the floor for the first few minutes. It was not pretty. They were missing uh, the the freebies. Uh, Tolfrey, I think, started off something like 0 for her first three free throws at the the free throw line. I could be wrong on that. Maybe you have the stats in front of you. But it was – it looked like – I think Mizzou got off to – it was either 6 to nothing or an 8 to nothing lead. In the first quarter, things were rough. Again, they struggled throughout most of the first half. And then they came out the bottom of the first half. Uh, I think they trailed by as many as 10 or 12. And uh, the Ladybacks came back, tied it up, took the lead right before half. And then uh, second half, they just ran away with it. They were clearly the better team, more talented. But it was chippy. 
I wanted to ask the girls about it, but I, I decided not to, and I thought it was funny. You were texting me, hey, ask them about Chelsea Dungy's numbers, about her having her pick up, or having her uh, – her her best game in a while. Ask her about that, and then I thought, no, no, I'm good. I think, <laughs> yeah. After that little squabble, I was like, no, you're good. I'll yeah, save you. I wasn't gonna even try to tempt fate on that one. I, you know, so but they, you could tell in the post game, like they were just ready to get back to the locker room. They were, um, yeah. It was a it was a it was a good win for them. It was a solid. Oh win. yeah, you know, Dungy had you know 38 points. That was her second highest. She had 41 last year against Auburn. And she ended up getting, after that slow start at the free throw line, she ended up going 10 for 15 at the free throw line. Yeah. So she, she finally, I mean, she at the gets South Carolina, I think she was 0 for 11 there starting out. And so she's, she's really had this little slump where she hasn't been starting off and getting her shot. And I think once she just misses a couple of shots, it kind of gets in her head a little bit. And we, we were going through the notes, and, I, you know, a 20-point game for her is kind of sluggish. So it, it was nice for her to really get, get her game back on point and I think she answered in a big way with 38 points yeah she had um she started off cold like like the rest of the girls and you know everybody was I don't know what the deal was it seemed like they were either they were just bouncing off you know they're getting a lot of doinks bouncing off the rim or you know their shots were all contested Mizzou Mizzou definitely in in women's basketball this is this is an actual. I think it's an actual rivalry, or at least it's building up to one. Especially with what happened tonight. Uh, you know, the coaches know each other pretty well. They both have a lot of respect for each other. It seems like they knew they were in for a fight. They knew this would be a, a, a physical matchup, which it was, and they knew things would get a little chippy. I like how Mike answered, and he actually got teed up. I don't. I don't know that I've seen him get teed up this year. I think that's his first. I could be wrong on that. Maybe again. Maybe you know. You, you yeah, I don't. I think that's his first technical he's had all year. I, I thought it was on Daniels, but it, I guess it was on. I guess it was on him. But he was. I could hear him. You know where we sit on that press row. We're all the way the very last row on on the on the press row up there, and I could hear him screaming. He was fuming with the officials, and then uh, of course Chelsea and another player. She she definitely initiated what it looked like to me. She got up in that player's face. You could tell, and and you guys know how I feel about players with a chip on their shoulder. I, I love it, and I love it when they got some dog in them. Chelsea's got some dog in her, and I love it. Her and Tolfrey both do. Tolfrey's just a little scrapper, uh, but Chelsea got emotional there for a second, or you know, let her let her emotions kind of get the better of her for a second. But then she she came back. She shot her foul. She got her foul shots and uh, her freebies, and then Mike benched her with thirty eight points. And like you and I were saying. Earlier, I wish I wish he'd kept her in because the record in the league this year for the women's, I believe, is forty-two points. And I want to say it's one of those girls at South Carolina that have that. And of course, South Carolina is probably the best team in the SEC, um, and they're they're all they're all scoring really well. But it's it's good to see them come home, fight, stay in this game, not only come back from a, 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 a medium-sized deficit, but not only take the lead before half and then just to just run away with it in the second half was really good to see. It was it was sloppy basketball, but hey, anytime you bring a chip on your shoulder, you play with that you play with that physicality. I'm going to enjoy it and uh, I thought it was I thought it was good basketball. <laughs> I know there's a lot yeah. of people who might disagree with that, but well, I mean, if they can just get over this slow start, I mean, that South Carolina game they got with it back within nine. They only lost the game by nine. Yeah. And, and you seen the Texas A&M game. If it wasn't for that that start and and they get in this hole 
and they just grind their way back. And I mean, they even, you know, tied it up, went ahead in the Texas A&M game. And then, you know, Texas A&M just had an answer for everything. But if they could yeah. get over that, that hump, this team would not, they would have won the South Carolina game. I, I, I think they, they have the exact same problem the men do. They just don't have the size to compete with these bigger teams in the SEC. I think talent wise, I think they're pretty close to being as talented as as the top you know the top tier teams. What what is it? Uh, what five or six teams in in the women's that are ranked out of the out of the SEC? It's something like five or six. Five or six because you got Texas A and M, you got South Carolina, Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. So six. Okay. We got it. We can't forget about Mississippi State. They're oh, yeah. loaded too. They are. They, uh, we we cannot forget. I mean, we keep on we, and it's our you know our mistake. We keep on bringing up Dungy, but man, I want to bring up Amber Ramirez. This girl is third in the nation in three point percentage at forty five percent. And that girl, I watched her the before the Texas A and M game, and she was just shooting around the arc. And I think she went like eighteen for twenty one just in pregame shoot around. I mean, that girl can shoot the rock. Yeah. And of course, with toll free point guard, I mean, these girls they 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 get clicking, and then you got Michaela Daniels and Dubia and Taylor Thomas down low. I mean, and Tanya Galton as well. I mean, they get these role players that can step in and play like starters. I'm telling you, come March, this team's going to be dangerous. Yeah, and um, they they got it, you know. And Mike did a really good job of keeping their emotions in check there towards the end. That thing could have gotten a lot. It could have gotten even more physical, and they could have, you know, again, they got there were double technicals, and they got, I think, both some elbows were thrown or something. Again, I was, I was so busy between looking at my my laptop, looking at my phone, and by the time I looked up, I saw Chelsea jump up from the floor, kind of just get up. Not, not she wasn't on the floor, but kind of get up in that girl's face. And then I looked up at the big screen, and the next thing I know, there was a tussle there, and it looked like it involved two or three girls, but Chelsea and another well, player. Well, you know, Chelsea got up, and they were just, you know, mean-mugging each other, and, and then toll free, <laughs> and like three others just grabbed her and said, hey, look, it ain't worth it. It's You know, we're up by almost 20. Yeah. Hey, let's just shoot your free throws, and let's call it a game. I mean, that just shows toll free's leadership. You know, that yeah. senior point guard, she come in and just immediately – because, you know, neighbors, you can't come on the floor or nothing like that. He wasn't going to risk getting another technical – so, you know, for Tolfrey to step up and kind of defuse the situation, it it could have turned into a bad bad deal. Yeah. Mike did a good job calming everybody down. Yes. Um, we will read your Discord questions. We'll do that towards the end. Someone actually, Kelly, our main girl Kelly, had a good question about recruiting and also had some uh, a prediction on wanted our prediction on girls basketball, and I wanted to get your take on that. But we'll do that at the end. So, so don't let me forget. We'll we'll come back around to that. Let's switch over to men's basketball. Oh my goodness, Ole what Miss. What a game, Arkansas! That one got. You know, there's a little. There's some chippy chippiness there too. I think it was. Uh, it got physical. Not like what the girls did with Mizzou tonight, but there there were moments there. It was. You could definitely tell these guys were all up in their emotions a little bit there. And they. What I liked was Arkansas's fight. My goodness, and they're so good about. They'll jaw at the other team a little bit, and they're really good about jawing to a certain point, flexing, and then. Backing away at the right moment, I think that's definitely muscle. That's got Muscleman's DNA all over it. A um, little bit of an intimidation factor there, but this, and I texted you guys about this during the first half. I said this is not looking good, Arkansas. And I think at one point they were down. What was it? Eleven points was the largest lead yeah. for Ole Miss. It wasn't looking good. Arkansas was shooting terrible from the floor. 
got off to a slow start. They had that, I don't know how long they went. I want to say it was like two-plus minutes without making a point. Um, they bounced back. Porter, they fought their way back in. They ended up taking the win at the end. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And I'll tell you what, kind of like what we were talking about, you know, Dungey and how she got in her slot. Man, it was awesome to see Joe find his shot. And, and 34 points, I mean, it was – for him to really – you know, we know – We've said it before, you know, Mason Jones or Isaiah Joe's got to step up. And, you know, it was definitely uh, Isaiah Joe's night, 34 points. And I, I can't remember how many three-pointers he had, but he had a big one there at the end. But it's – they find themselves in hole eight. This is going to what's going to help them come tournament time. You, you get in these deficits and, and you're down by six or eight points and you can fight back within a couple of minutes. You, you go on – because everybody's going to go on them two, three-minute droughts. It mm-hmm. just seems to happen. So for them to overcome a drought, and, I mean, our fans was like, oh, here we go again, you know, we're going to lose this game. <laughs> yep. you know, are we even going to win a couple of, you know, SEC wins? I mean, so, and then they dug themselves out of the hole. And so you have a team like that, and you're down in March, and you're, you're down, say, seven, eight points with a minute and a half left. They know that, shoot, a couple of shots by Jones or Joe, and they've got the lead, and it's a new ball game. Yeah, um, I had people on my on YouTube. Of course, I wasn't going to go live originally. I planned not to, but I, I decided that comeback, the way Arkansas fought and stayed in that game, I had to go live. And I had people. You got to give your people what they want. I know it. I know. And I've got I've got <laughs> friends of my dad. They're like, you got to get more consistent. My my wife, someone that my wife works with, was like, he's got to go live every game. Get consistent with it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's. It's so nice to be able to watch a game to just watch it, but then I get I get so excited and hyped up. I want to just do it. I want to go live and talk to everybody. I love talking to our community, not just our Discord, but all the PTN and, and HTP fans. And uh, it's it's great. We had a lot of people show up, and it was good. But I had I had people chirping at me for well, I mean, in the middle of the game when L, when when I almost said LSU when Ole Miss took off with that eleven point lead and looked like they were going to stretch this thing out. I had people chirping at me saying, you know, you drink the Kool-Aid. You drink the Kool-Aid. This team isn't good. You know, they got dominated. And it's yeah, like they're going to get to they're going to get the conference season and fl- fall flat on their face. And yeah. I I said that was absolutely a possibility. I never said that that would happen. I said that in a live stream multiple times. You never know how this goes. You could enter conference play and my god, anything can happen. You just don't know who you really are until you get to that week to week Saturday Tuesday grind, you know, or sometimes Mondays. You get into this grind and you don't know what you have until you play other teams that have the caliber of talent that's worthy of Power 5 basketball. And the SEC, talent-wise and even coaching-wise, is maybe the best it's been in I don't know how long. So here you've got this test, and I found it funny that these individuals that were chirping at me, I'll give one of them credit. I'm not going to call him out again because I called him out in the live stream and he came through and he wasn't very happy about what I said. But, I mean, his, his comments are there on a previous video what he said. And you you have to wait till the end of the game until you start making these crazy ass predictions about the year. You people let emotions get the better of them, and and I I've fallen victim to that, and I have before. I I have with you guys. I know I have. I try to I try to withhold it from social media, but every once in a while you'll see me get in Discord and be like, "What the hell?" Uh, but, but I think that's the kind of the problem with social media. Everybody has to say their opinion right now. 
Yeah. You know, they're on Twitter. They're watching the game. They're following on Twitter. Oh, my gosh, this is a horrible tweet. Or, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they, they suck Facebook. And then karma and the, and the crow bird comes back, and you gotta, you've got to <laughs> eat, eat your Twix, you know. I've I've definitely fallen victim to that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm oh, imperfect. everybody has it happens. I um I thought it was funny though. Most of the time people don't come back and own up and this individual came back into our live stream. Again, he was chirping in another video that I'd already done and telling me that I drank the Kool Aid and um look, they did and he was talking about L S U, how L S U quote unquote dominated Arkansas and I said, Look, yeah, they got dominated on the board, sure, but everybody out-rebounds Arkansas. That doesn't necessarily mean they got dominated. They lost the damn game by two points with a, uh, arguably the worst officiated game of the year, don't at me. That was a uh, they didn't lose because of bad officiating. It was just another huge hurdle for them to overcome and they just couldn't. They lost the game, yes, because they 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 got I don't know how many what was it? Three offensive rebounds to LSU's like twenty three or twenty four. I think they had a two to one rebound ratio, fifty three to twenty three, something like that. Um, that's why you lost the game, and and you couldn't hit the the you know shots in key moments. But they stayed in that fight against LSU. They stayed in it till the end. And then you look at this Ole Miss game. Here we are. They do the exact same thing. They're down, and their defense is good enough to keep them in every game. You put this game in Bud Walton. I don't think it's I think it's double-digit win for Arkansas. So let's go over the numbers really quick for this Ole Miss game. Uh, Arkansas would shoot. Well, we'll start with Ole Miss. I like start. I like starting with the other team first. Ole Miss twenty-two of fifty-four from the floor, almost forty-one percent three-point range. Once again, Arkansas perimeter defense does its thing. Three of thirteen for twenty-three percent shooting. Now. The free throw line, I think both teams did really well. Ole Miss did really well, 25 of 26 at the free throw line, so 96%. Uh, their bench didn't do a lot for them either. We like to complain about our bench. Their bench didn't do anything. They got two points and I think a couple of rebounds with the steal and a couple of assists by uh, Crowley. Arkansas uh, t- would shoot 41% from the from the field. My computer's being goofy here 41 percent 23 of 56 three-point range muscleman said we've got to we've got to hit about 10 to 12 threes to win games he wasn't far off tonight they were eight of 20 isaiah joe you asked about isaiah joe this guy shot seven of 13 at three-point range are you kidding me wow are you kidding me five of five at the free throw line and mason jones six of six how many is how many free throws has he missed all year like two three Two or three. Mason, I don't have his numbers up. Uh, free throw line, Arkansas shot 22-27 for almost 82%. That's not bad. I'm going to say this about Silla. He did play. He actually, I think he started. I didn't see the starting five. I'm pretty sure he either started, but I know, I know he played a lot in that first half. He's not a scorer. People were complaining about his missed shots. Yeah, he was one for four at the free throw line. He was 0 for two from the, from the floor. He's not out there to score, guys. He's out there to get rebounds. This guy logged 11 minutes. Got uh, he had a turnover. He had one point, but he had five rebounds in 11 minutes with one offensive rebound. The bench actually gave them two offensive rebounds. Think about that. The bench alone got them two. How many total offensive rebounds do they have against LSU? We just said it. Three. So I get why Silla played, and I want to see more of that. I want to see him more. If he's going to get those kind of numbers, if he's worth 
an offensive rebound per every, and I think he got that pretty quick. Actually, I think I think within the first couple of minutes he got that offensive rebound. So for every three minutes or five minutes, if he's worth at least three uh, total rebounds and an offensive rebound, give him to me. Let him play fifteen minutes. Let him get get in there and and uh, help them out a little bit inside. I didn't mind that at all. Harris also came in and had a rebound, and uh, but he he had four fouls. Guy logged ten minutes, but he had four fouls. That's ridiculous. Cheney. Well, you. Oh, go you ahead. Need that kind of. Well, I mean, you need that kind of Dennis Rodman guy, kind of guy. You know, just gets you boards and because you got four guys out there who can score. You know, and mm-hmm. plus if you got Joe and Jones out there shooting threes, you know, I've played three on three ball before. I mean, you got two shooters and a rebounder. That's that's basically what it is when you play three on three. So yeah. for, to have a guy be able to come in like you know Silla and get those five boards, it's huge. That, that's that is huge. Those are productive minutes. I don't care if he's not scoring. Yeah, I, I wish he had a couple more points. Whatever doesn't matter. He he got five. He got five rebounds. Four defensive. One offensive. Harris with the other offensive rebound. Uh, so again, Arkansas f- found a way to get five offensive rebounds. Um, the leading scorer for Arkansas, obviously, we already touched on it a little bit. Isaiah Joe, thirty-four points. Uh, he kind of showed up in the rebound game too. I love it when these guys they 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 crash the boards and he he and between he and Jones Mason they had ten rebounds between the two of them. Um, but he had thirty four. Your second leading score was Mason Jones. I got fried again in the comments about being too hard on Mason Jones. I'm not too hard on the guy. What I said in my live stream was, and I should have been more clear about this. He didn't have productive minutes on the floor from a scoring standpoint. But anytime you get Six rebounds, three steals, uh, and and uh, nine assists. That's that's pretty damn good. Yeah, he logged thirty eight minutes. Him and uh, Isaiah Joe both logged thirty eight and thirty nine minutes. And uh, Wit. That's another thing too. These guys are getting way too much time on the floor. They got to be able to rotate these guys out. You wonder if that eventually starts to wear on them a little bit. But um, and they're deep at guard. You'd think they could, but I I think. I liked what I saw out of Mason. Nine assists, my gosh, three steals. Isaiah Joe had a couple of steals, uh, and Jimmy Witt had a couple of steals. And here's something about Witt. Uh, they talked about this on uh, – they talked about – I think it was SEC Network mentioned this about how every team since since the conference play started with A&M, teams are having to adjust how they play against – did I say Seals? I meant to say Witt. Uh, how they play Jimmy Witt. They now have to use their four or even their five, their guy with that long wingspan, big body, to come up and guard that 15-foot shot that he has, that mid-range jumper. And it's going to create some issues when Arkansas all of a sudden is able to rebound better, get those second-chance shots, those those. O-R-E-B's offensive rebounds. Maybe that was something that happened against Ole Miss a little bit. I noticed one of their bigger players, one of their either a longer guard or a bigger four or a small forward would have to come up and play wit, and it backs them off the glass a little bit. It forces them to play up to that to that mid-range shot that he has, and it might open some things up for you down the road. But he's such a distraction. That that's huge news. Who would have thought Wit would be that big of a, a distraction on the offensive side of the ball? Eleven points, okay. He had two offensive rebounds. He had a, a, a three defense or three total rebounds with one defensive rebound, uh, and he even had a couple steals. He did. He, he had three fouls. Bailey again continues to kind of he worries you about him and Mason Jones both kind of worry you sometimes when they get into foul trouble uh, a little sooner than they should. 
I know Isaiah Joe against LSU right out the gate. I think he had two fouls. He ended up having to get benched. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it here, Porter. I'm sticking with my tournament prediction. I'm sticking with it. I know people in Discord were like, yeah, Ty, your original prediction was right. Preseason prediction when you had them winning 15 games, this doesn't look like a tournament team because they, they had to come from behind to beat an okay, eh, kind of meh, Ole Miss team. I'm sticking with it. That was a road win, and you cannot overlook these types of wins. Guts, gutty, gutsy, physical, on the road, against the crowd kind of wins. Yeah, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to say if they don't make the tournament, it's not a loss because we know what we they got. I, I stand by that. That's what I said at the beginning. But I do think the way they're playing right now, and they've won two. I know that Georgia Tech game was a, a, a fluke game. And look at the Indiana game. They found ways to come from behind and win. So, for me, it, it's come tournament time. If they need – say they got to go in SEC tournament and they got to get two wins to get that at-large bid – I see them going in to the SEC tournament and getting a couple of wins and making the NCAA tournament this year. That's just my opinion because, I mean, you got Auburn and Kentucky. And other than that, the SEC is wide open. Yeah, and, and like I said in Discord today, they're three points away from probably replacing Kentucky on that top tier. I forgot who put that tweet out. It was a national media member who said that it was Auburn, Kentucky at Tier 1, LSU, Arkansas in Tier 2, and then everybody else. I forgot who said that. I wish I had that tweet pulled up. Uh, Well-known national media guy. But I think you're three points away from replacing Kentucky. I mean, you're talking about being undefeated in conference play if they had, had been able to overcome all their challenges on the road against LSU. How could you not? And by the way, this discussion was being had too. Auburn, are they really that far ahead of the rest of the field. I know it's easy to say that because they're undefeated. But who have they beaten? I mean, really, NC State and uh, New Mexico, right? Those are their two, I think they're two really marquee wins right now. Um, I'm not saying they're, they're, they are the best team in the SEC. But I don't think it's as wide of a gap as people think that it is. I really don't. Um, I have watched them a little bit off and on this year. They they are good. I mean, good Lord, Bruce Pearl is a fantastic coach. Everybody knows that. Um, nobody adjusts as quickly as he does, especially with that roster. He had to overcome some changes this year. Uh, I've got a chance to watch them a little bit. I've tried to watch bits and pieces of everybody, and I, I think they're beatable. I, I really do. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, of course I can't. Where's my dadgum schedule? Um, they play them. What happened to my schedule? Did it fall? They they play them. I think it's at Bud Walton, if I'm not if I'm not wrong. Um, wow. Anyways, they play them. If it's in Bud Walton, I think it is. That could be a pretty damn good game. Um, I think yeah, that it will be. It's the 4th of February at Bud Walton. Arena. That's right. Okay. It's, it's not scheduled that far. for 6 p.m., but that could change. I mean, but, yeah, as you're – kind of piggyback off what you're saying i mean the just because they put them up there at tier one that doesn't mean the gap between tier one and tier two is big i mean you could even put arkansas up with if they you know win that game against uh lsu or you know they could join auburn kentucky you know as being tier one so i think you know what who would have said at the beginning of the season they would even be considered for tier two Right. So it's it's awesome, you know, to be considered that high. No, I mean they they're coming off that you know final four appearance and you know 
a, a foul away from making the national championship game, you know, and um, and Bruce Pearl's got it rolling there. So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, as long as they keep winning, it doesn't matter who they play. They're going to keep them up there at the top. And Kentucky can li- lose 15 games. They're still going to put them in the top 10. That's just <laughs> That's just how they rank these these basketball teams, but yeah, Arkansas has proven that they're making some noise, and you know, for them to be right there at the top of tier two, I think that's a huge compliment. Yeah, um, you're you're not allowed to have that conversation, though. Uh, even our Discord today, we had people that were um, that really believe Auburn really isn't in a world of their own, and I just have to disagree. And I saw that on Twitter too. I I just don't think that's the case. They are good. Won't surprise me if they go on and have the best record in the conference and win the conference and go far in the tournament. Wouldn't surprise shouldn't surprise anybody. But I don't think it's as wide of a gap. Kentucky is still between them and Florida. I don't. Florida is obviously the most confusing team I think in the SEC. I cannot get a feel for those guys. LSU too. At home, LSU is damn near unbeatable, like most teams, especially good teams. It's hard to beat good teams at home anyways. But um, I, SEC basketball has this habit of usually how it goes is they they, they, they kind of play a little poorly in preseason. They don't do so great that they get into conference play and teams start to separate a little bit. And you start to see these packs. You'll have your, you'll have your one through three and then your – you know, then then maybe a couple teams in between, and then the rest of the field. Um, I'll say this much: they do look like I still think they're they're having a little bit of a down year as a conference, but I still think they they managed to get six teams in the postseason, maybe more if they turn things around. We got that Big Twelve challenge coming up in uh, not too long, actually. I think that's in uh, two weeks. Is it two weeks now? Okay, I think so. A lot yeah, of Auburn, you know, Auburn's ranked fifth, but, I mean, they only beat Furman by three points and St. Louis by six, so they're definitely beatable. They got them ranked fifth right now, but, I mean, they've, they've started off, I think, playing the lower tier of the SEC conference, so, of course, those numbers are going to be inflated a little bit. But I'll tell you what, if Arkansas keeps rolling, even with the loss to Kentucky next weekend, but they keep on rolling, that's going to be another huge matchup come come February 4th. And here's the great thing, too, about if you lose to Kentucky, it's at home. You're, you're going to lose a little bit of the popularity points because it's at home, but other than that, it's Kentucky. Like, everyone expects Kentucky, especially lately, to beat someone like Arkansas, even though Arkansas has kind of defied the odds this year, including my own. Again, preseason – I think Jacob and I, I, I think you were, all three of us were in the same boat of somewhere between being lucky to even make postseason play. Now here they are, like you said a minute ago. Wow. I mean, they're doing the unexpected right now. It's, it's really special. If they can get better quality minutes from their bench, if Cheney and Silla can become reliable, I don't care if it's just on the boards. I don't care if it's in the assist department or steals or blocks. If they can get some quality minutes on the court from their bench, and Isaiah Joe, Mason Jones, and Witt continue to do what they do on the offensive side of the on the offensive side of the ball, uh, this team they're so hard to beat. They're hard to beat at Bud Walton. They're almost impossible to beat Bud Walton, anyways, because that crowd. Now that there's some energy, oh my God! I mean, every game it's going to be just ridiculous for opposing teams. By the way, I don't know what the numbers were tonight for the women's. I don't have that number. I didn't. I didn't ask. It might have been less than when you and I went to the uh, who was a And M game. Yeah. 
but it was still two hundred at the A and M game. It might have been under that, maybe about three thousand. Uh, but it was, I mean, it's just so electric and I can't believe the amount of people that I talk to that are like, I've never been to a game inside Bud Walton. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing with your life? Go to a game. Even if Arkansas is mediocre in basketball, that place can get loud and people complaining about the, the noise inside Bud Walton. You're not there. And we, and we touched on that on the past pod on a, on a previous podcast, be there. Okay, it gets damn loud, and the energy there. And you know, when an opposing team comes in and and uh, can respond and 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 force you to get out of your rhythm and and can quieten the crowd, you've, you're always going to have that factor, no matter where you play, no matter what level—high school, college, or NBA—if you can keep the fans out of it. And that's usually the goal for these for this coach for any opposing coaching staff coming into Bud Walton is making sure you can respond to what Arkansas does because that crowd will completely overtake you every coach that you and i have set in on including myself tonight they all talk about the energy and the atmosphere of bud walton so they said tonight they had 41 72 at the game okay. so there was right about where it was at and that touching on the, the crowd big. i mean people saying you know at 19 2 they just didn't get the energy and the you know i know they're throwing the timeouts and how the, they got to play commercials I've heard what it's like, and we've heard what it's like at 4,000. Oh, so it's hard for yeah. me to believe that at 19,000, you freaking quadruple. <laughs> and they're like, it's you can't. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It baffles me that they could sit there and say that. I mean, yeah. I've heard it at 44,000 people and how loud it gets. And so, man, I, just, I wish I could have been there today. You know, I just had some personal things come up. But, man, I just knew it was going to be electric atmosphere. And people, it's five bucks for adults to get in and mm-hmm. three for kids. It's like going – it's cheaper than going to a high school game. Yeah. And you, they put on a good show. Every three-pointer they make, they're tossing T-shirts in the air. You know, they, <laughs> they bring kids out on the half court and play games, throw French fries into a bucket, have one guy sitting in a lounge chair to yeah. shoot a, a field goal for $500. <laughs> I mean, it, it, to me, it's like a minor league baseball feel, but it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, I tell everybody, if you got the chance to go up there, you know, people in Northwest Arkansas, y'all. I mean, not, I'm not digging on you, but you're kind of spoiled that you're right there. Oh yeah. Because if I was in Northwest Arkansas, I'd beat every game because it's a treat. I mean, just a starting five, how they come up and beat the drum and the the fireworks and all. I mean, it's an awesome experience. And these these ladies are good, and they and I've said this for weeks. They deserve to to have more people. So on a Sunday afternoon, to get 4,100 people in there uh, against a non-ranked team. I mean. I guess it was Missouri, you know, border border state rivalry kind of deal. But I, I'm proud to see that there was, you know, the, the attendance is starting to go up. Yeah, and Ty, it, we've we've seen it when it was 600 people in there. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and uh, it's it, it's an electric crowd, and and that's what Bud Walton does, men and women's. The uh, it is it's 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 a challenge for opposing coaches to come in and deal with, especially when they're not used to uh, when they're not used to that kind of atmosphere on the road. Um, I think that's I think that's it on the basketball stuff. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on? No, I'm good. I think I think we need to talk to the Discord people. I think they want to hear about the recruiting. Yeah. So, um, some good questions from Discord. Oh, Kelly wants a girl's prediction, Porter. I, th- I thought we'd start there before we transitioned on. What What, what are your thoughts? I, I'm not going to give a a total. I can't. I won't give a total, but I mean, they got to play South Carolina again. Um, they got to play Mississippi State, Tennessee. I mean, they got some, you know, pretty big games coming up. Um, I mean, if they could 
split two of those. You know, go two and two in those those big games coming up. I mean, they're de- I they're definitely going to be a, a, an NCAA tournament team. Uh, that's yeah. that's my prediction. How far? I don't know if they'll have that magical run like they did, and you know, because they play with a big chip on their shoulder, and, and and destiny was on their side. I mean, they just something happened. I mean, it was magical. Um, the way they played in last year's SEC tournament, and Chelsea Dungey just become a star overnight. And you know, my I got friends and family out there in South Carolina. They were like, "Who is this player? Yeah. You know, who's this Dungey kid? Who's this Arkansas team?" I mean. At, at the end of the tournament, I mean, you would thought they were playing in Bud Walton Arena. I mean, that's how special. I mean, there were friends and family in South Carolina were going out and getting Arkansas shirts to wear to the game. They had a little little student section there. So, um, if I was to give a prediction, I mean, I would say they get a ten seed in the NCAA tournament. You know, they they get in, they get an at large bid. Um, they they maybe make the quarterfinals, semifinals of the tournament because I mean, there's just a lot of good teams. I mean, Arkansas could you know, sneak into the championship game again. But they're definitely an NCAA tournament team. I, I, Yeah, I could see 10 seed. Now, you're a lot more familiar with the rest of the field than I am, but I, I could see a 10 or a 9. I really could. Um, they're they're good enough. The question is, and I know this is fans are just going to eye roll because we talk about it so often with the men's, and it is an issue, especially for the women's, but it's overcoming size. If they can, If they continue to shoot like they do, they've got – Three legitimate shooters, one of them a true freshman, by the way. Uh, if they continue to do what they're doing, if Chelsea Dungey, uh, if if she's if we're sitting here complaining about her only shooting, what was it against? Uh, was it South Carolina? It was eight eight for twenty two, but she still had twenty points. She still had so. twenty points. If that's our complaint, if that's the worst case scenario for her, and 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 maybe a little bit below that, then you know what, you're in pretty good shape, especially when you've got Tolfrey out there who can who can shoot too, who's scrappy. I, I'm there too. I think nine seed, ten or a nine seed is where I'm at with them. Uh, Arkansas Marine, who's always got good questions too. He wants some recruiting news. Him and Kelly both asked that about recruiting. Kelly wanted to know, you know, this weekend is the first official visits. This is a big one. I was going to segue and make it a whole section about recruiting, but we'll just kind of we'll double it up and add Discord questions in with it. This weekend is huge. Now, my list might be a little outdated, but bear with me here. There's quite a few names. You've got Savion Williams out of Marshall, Texas, who's going to be in. Uh, again, this, this list is at least a week, week and a half old. Savion Williams, formerly committed to Arkansas, big-time receiver. He's got size on him, a little bit of speed, a little bit of athleticism. He's a little raw. I, I, don't ask me. I've been asked with every with every uh, receiver committed, what are the odds they see the field against, you know, with the kind of talent that Arkansas has? The odds are pretty slim. You're probably going to have to start redshirting, guys. But uh, Savion Williams, Montra Edwards, defensive lineman out of uh, Mississippi, out of Holmes County Central. Hi. I like him a lot. I believe he's still planning on visiting. Jacqueline McGee, another defensive lineman out of Georgia. Uh, Looks like you know they're they're trying to stay on that. They, they want to create a pipeline to Georgia, thanks to Sam Pittman and, and some of the members of the staff. Eric Thomas out of Pensacola, Florida, out of uh, uh, Booker T. Washington, defensive end. Jashad Stewart, Catrell Wallace. We know about those two in-state guys. Uh, Kendarius Moore, another uh, another linebacker. I think he's a three-star, but he's out of West Memphis, Arkansas. Brennan Scott out of Bishop Dune, Dallas. Now I thought. Yeah, no, okay. I, okay, he's the former uh, – I think he's the former KU commit. 
Kerry Johnson out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. This is we talked about this in Discord actually. Sam Pittman doesn't have just one area that he recruits. If it was anybody but Sam Pittman, I'd probably have an issue with that. I would say set up a pipeline to either Louisiana, obviously West Texas or East Texas, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, and then kind of the neighboring states. But he goes anywhere, and if it was anybody but, I'd probably be complaining a little bit, but I'm not because I know better. Pittman <laughs> Pittman's a hell of a recruiter. I don't think I have to well, convince anybody that. Well, when you, when you come that. from a, a big program like Georgia, I mean, it opens up more pipelines than what Arkansas is used to. You know, you're used to Texas and, and little Florida and Louisiana. Now you bring in a guy like Pittman who's been to Georgia, and they get the pickings of where they want. So, you know, he can reach out to these kids that are in Massachusetts and California now. Yeah. Um, so, Kari Johnson, again, he's out of Boston. Suff- Suffield Academy is where he plays ball. Rashad Battle out of another Georgia, uh, another Georgia player, cornerback, uh, Fair- Fairburn. Creekside Highs, where he plays, and then Raquion Starks out of um, out of Louisiana. Now, I, I there's I think well, I'm not gonna, I was going to say I think there's some questions about whether or not he's going to be eligible, but I, maybe that's another player. So don't quote me on that. Nick Turner out of New Orleans, and then Mike Harris out of Phoenix City. Um, the safety, I think he actually moved on from Arkansas, and then Alan Horace, the tight end out of. Uh, out of Crockett, Texas, big. I think he's a has to be a solid get. Uh, so that's your that's your weekend of the 16th official visit list. Um, there is some more news on uh, three star tight end. Uh, it's, as long as we're on recruiting on that topic, three star tight end and former Arkansas commit Brandon Frazier. You guys remember him, six seven kid. I mean, he's a legit 6'7", I've been told, 6'7", about 250. He committed, he decommitted from Arkansas back, I think, mid-November. He's gonna, he's, he planned an official visit with Chad Morris over at Auburn on January 17th. And uh, he is expected to now commit to Auburn. So it looks like he's moved on from Arkansas being his favorite to now being Auburn. You know, you, you land that other tight end I just mentioned. Uh, Horace, you're you're okay. I mean, I said you probably need to sign two tight ends, but I think I'm all right with Allen, and they might they might look elsewhere. Uh, there is also some news about Robert Scott, the three-star offensive tackle who's got some really good visits, committed to Ole Miss. Again, three-star out of Conway. He is going to visit actually on the weekend of January 24th. I can't remember if I updated everybody on that before on, on the show or not. But Arkansas also, again, I don't want to forget this stuff, they got a uh, Arkansas State transfer in your face, Red Wolves. In your face. That is, of course, uh, oh, my gosh, where's his name? I don't have his name pulled up. Jacobs uh, coming out of JUCO. This was a kid that had some okay offers. He had some Power 5 offers. I think KU was one of them. Uh, Iowa State, North Texas. But, yeah, he was JUCO, I think, in tw- I believe it was 2018, he uh, he made second team all conference in in the Sun Belt. Supposedly had three years to play. Played his year one, turned some heads, looked really good. Year two, he comes in, he plays under four games, he gets hurt. So he technically will have two years of eligibility, not just one. So for anybody curious about that, but yeah, that's a big one. Jacobs is a big time. I think it's a good. I, I don't know about big time, but it's a good addition to a place where. You know, we thought we were going to lose Devin Bush, who entered the transfer, the Bobby Hopper transfer 
tunnel slash portal. He, I think we need to coin that. I, we I really, that, so yeah. I think we need to patent that. Let's Put it t- on a shirt. Let's let's. Uh, I'll grab some uh, some spray paint and I'll I'll paint that on each side of the tunnel. That way, yes. people know. <laughs> I won't get caught. There's no cameras there. Now watch. Someone's gonna go out and do that, and then I'm instantly suspect number one. Maybe I should shut my mouth. But um, I'm I'm guilty by association. I'm an accomplice. Oh, we're <laughs> we're both in trouble. Cops gonna hey, come. It's a good thing us. we know Jacob. We got a guy who can bail us out of jail. That is very true. Look at you plugging Jacob's <laughs> bail bond service. Look at you. Well yeah. done. Well done. Uh, Six seven five three zero nine. If you need to get bailed out of jail. Oh, look! And you've already got the number pulled up. I love it. I love it. He's just. We're gonna make him an unofficial official sponsor <laughs> of the Hot Talk Podcast. Why not? You know, we'll get someone up here in Northwest Arkansas too, and we can we can rep their their services as well. Um, oh my, um, that was my five year old. <laughs> better watch how you parent that. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, right. I know. I'll get called out for it on Twitter. Um, better lock the door next time. So yeah, um, I the cornerback position is so thin. That's uh, that's why it's a big addition. Especially you're talking about a guy who's at least proven on the Sun Belt level, right? I mean, you got to give him some props. Yeah. So, well, and you know, A State they go out and play these big time schools they too. Do. So they're not they're not this UCA that plays Stephen F. Austin, and you know they go they're supposed to play Miami, but I think they've played Nebraska. They Michigan State, I believe they played. So, and I believe they played Tulsa too as well, right? Uh, I think so. So I mean they they played some schools. I mean he'd be a good filler. I mean second team all conference. I mean even for the Sun Belt. I mean that's a good addition to. It, it's better than nobody. Yeah, very true, very true. And and they're look. I mean those offers. I think they actually have more offers than what I'm looking at. They have one, two, three. Uh, let's see. I thought it was four. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I thought they had four offers out to corners. Right now it looks like three. Johnson, Battle, and Starks. I thought one of them had moved on, and maybe they offered another. But, you know, they're in on like six or seven uh, uh, defensive backs. You've got Turner, who Chad Morris wanted to play safety, and he was okay with that, and he had committed and then decommitted, obviously, when Chad was uh, given the boot. And now they, you know, he's 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 here. He's, or I mean, he's not here, but he's 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 committed back and he's signed up with Arkansas. And the rumor now is he's going to play. He's going to play wide receiver. So that's another guy you got to take away from the secondary. So you're going to have to fill that gap. And it might be, you know, again they've only got they've got one. Two, again, let me count that one, two, three, four, five. There are five. Man, I thought there was another one in there. Maybe, uh, well, right now it's five, and maybe they have offered more since I made this list. Like I said, it could be out of date. But okay, getting back to Discord really quick. Um, all right, we ha- we answered the recruiting, and uh, I think we. Oh, spread predictions, Kelly again coming through. Spread predictions against Vandy. Mm. Playing playing on the road, right? Seven seven to ten because I mean they lost their leading score. Well, Van- uh, out Vandy's at home. We're at Vandy's home. at home. Well, we're okay. at home. Vandy will play them in Bud Walton. Okay, that's right. So, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd put it seven to ten points uh, with, with them playing at home and and them without their leading score. I mean, the next person yes. up, they, you know, Scotty Pippen's son plays for them. I mean, he's doing really good. He's averaging ten points a game, and uh, they got the guy that is stepping up. Uh, I the name just left me of who 
the name of the or Neesmith. He's you know averaging twenty three points a game. Yeah. So uh, he's out. Lee is the next one that's come up. You know, he ended up having actually uh, he had twenty seven on Arbor. So I mean, they they only lost that game um, eighty three seventy nine. So I mean, Vandy hung with them. They're um, always they're salty. Eight, eight and six over and all, and they're zero and two in um, you know conference play. But you know, you you take those twenty twenty three points a game away from Naismith, and you know you. Pippen and Lee's got to step up, and um, o- Obina and Disu, another one's for Vandy. So, I mean, they're going to come in, you know, ready to, to play. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout, but I th- I'm saying 7 to 10 point lead. That's exactly that's what I was thinking in my head, somewhere between 6 and 10. Uh, was the game they played against Auburn, wasn't that at home for Vandy? It was. Um Again, I don't. I'm having to look at it. It was at Auburn Arena, so it was okay. at Auburn. So okay. hey, you know, a four point game at Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so I mean, that's that's pretty good to stick with them. You know, yeah, I I think I'm I'm with you. I think it's somewhere between six and ten. That that's where I'd put the spread. Vandy is salty, and when they play Arkansas, there I don't know what it is. It feels like a uh, it feels like a natural rivalry sometimes. I don't know. It's just something about that game. I, I I never I never predict Arkansas to even cover usually if there if there is a legitimate spread. Um, and then how many visitors commit this weekend? This is a good question, Kelly. I wish I had an answer for you. I if I'm going to give you a number, I hate doing this because if I give you names and they don't commit, I'm going to have. I'm going to have people up in my DMs and Discord, and people are going to be like, ah, you were wrong. I, I don't know the latest on – Savion, I think, is a legit shot. of. I think he signs with Arkansas. Um, but other than that, you've already got a couple of those guys that are obviously already signed up and ready to go. But uh, you need to lock down. They, they need to grab a couple more of those linebackers. Again, Moore and Scott, as far as I know, are still planning on being here this weekend. And they need to lock down a couple of those defensive backs as well. And I'd like to see Alan Horace come out. Uh, you know how this works. They won't. They'll they'll go home and then they'll plan. Uh, you know their 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 uh, committing ceremony that week, and then they'll sign, which is uh, signing period starts February fifth. So I, I'm hoping what you need to have happen is these kids go on their visit, and then all of a sudden we wake up to news Sunday morning that a couple of these kids are planning their commitment announcement. You know, either that Monday or Tuesday or whatever that following week. That's usually a pretty good sign when kids come out of an OV, come out of an official visit to whatever program, or you know, let's just say Arkansas in this case, immediately following their visit. That's a good sign. Hopefully, we get some of that. I, I really, I, I'm going to say Savion, and I think Savion has an announcement date set on his commitment. I thought I could again. I might be wrong on that. Um, I just I literally got home from the women's game, sat down, and just started trying to knock this list out and trying to get all these names pulled up. So I haven't had time to go back and double check all their dates and everything. But I do think I think you end up with Savion. I think there's a good opportunity you sign a couple the following week, or, or excuse me, commit and then sign on February 5th. So and then you've got January 24th is really the biggest weekend. Uh, Malik Hornsby. Brandon Frazier is no longer coming on an official visit, so you can take him off the list. But uh, him and Jalen St. John, now maybe that's who I was thinking of earlier. I think he's actually coming on the 16th. So he's out of St. Louis, three-star tackle. He's got some pretty good offers. 
that's another guy you gotta you gotta nail down you've got to get both these you know him and scott but uh malik hornsby is the big one on the 24th and i think he's staying through it's not one of these he's coming in and then the next day like the uh the george offensive tackle i think it is the five star that's coming in like literally the next day he's at tennessee so it's usually not a good sign when they're not there and, and they've already got the next day planned and you're the first of those series of trips, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that, about that kid. Uh, but you get Malik Hornsby here on that weekend on the 24th, that's a big one. That is a big one. And I think, again, Jalen St. John, the three-star offensive tackle out of St. Louis, I think he too will be here on the 16th. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Unfortunately, Kelly, I haven't heard anything as far as uh, who who's going to come out of there with a commitment and who you end up signing. I like, again, Savion of that bunch is who I'm – I'm, I feel the safest with in saying I think you end up with his commitment slash uh, signing. So, okay. Um, is there anything else? Did we forget anything, Porter? I think we covered just about everything there is. Yeah, other than that big game tomorrow. But, I mean, that's that's a one-sided story. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. Who's that? Is that? Is that? Oh, man. It's the Tigers, right? The Tigers and the Tigers. The Tigers yes. and Tigers. Battle of Death Valley. That's it. What? Just tell us what's your score. What's your prediction? We gotta I, hear I this. I do not predict Stort. I I'll tell you a little about about me. I'm Uh-oh. very superstitious about Uh-oh. how I watch games. Um, I do like start of the game until I'm done. No phones are on. I turn it off. Um, I don't predict or bet. I've never done it. Never predicted or bet at a game, a Clemson game in my life. But um. You know, I it's going to be a hard fought game. I mean, you know, they got it, they got it as a five and a half point spread for LSU. I mean, we're playing, you know, in New Orleans. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's just you can't. I mean, Dabo's caught a lot of heat, and and they were saying that he was complaining about it being basically a, a road game. But I mean, he wasn't complaining. I mean, they just took a little snippet of what he said, and they just run with it. You know, and he's oh, been yeah. catching a lot of heat about his whining. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, wait about his what? Whining. Oh, you know, right. they, I think he said his No, his whining. <laughs> okay, you know. I was like, wait, but, what? So here's the deal. I mean, he takes that under underdog role, and he's run with it. Yeah, but at this point, you know, if you're at the top, you've got to do whatever it takes to stay at the top. And he's taken this narrative, and he'll take any piece of information and use it, and it's worked. I mean, they're, they're in their fifth national championship game, or, or their fourth national championship game in the last five years. And but I'm going to tell you a little about Dabo. I mean, he's got a kid on his team. His, his name's Nolan Turner. He actually made the interception against the Ohio State game. You know, Nolan Turner is on Clemson's team because Dabo made a promise to a former teammate who, who passed away at ALS. And he made a promise to this guy that he would look after his son. And he ended up putting him on the team. And this dude's ended up being a, a, a star on his on his defensive staff. And, you know, he's he's got an equipment manager. He's eight years in he's got, he's got down syndrome and when he was at alabama gene stallings son had downs so he's got a special place in his heart for people and he looks after them and this guy david seville i actually met him when uh, clemson won their first national championship that next summer i went out there and he was in his boy scout uniform and i didn't recognize him at first but he wanted to take a picture with us and i let him sit in with me and my wife and you know, he took a picture with a down-to-earth kid. Really, I mean, he's an awesome kid. So, um, you know, he gets a bad rap for his whining and complaining. But, 
you know, when you're making the national championship, you're at the top of the college football world and you're going to catch a lot of the negativity with, with the positive. So, you know, I'm looking forward to a big game tomorrow. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just, I mean, he just, with his legs, I mean, he outrun the whole Ohio State team on that touchdown. You know, 67-yard touchdown. He actually led the team in rushing with over 100 yards rushing. So uh, I'm hoping for a win. You know, if it doesn't fall our way, it don't fall our way. You know, but I, I'm looking for them to win the third national championship in four years. I, I never thought I'd see one. And when, you know, Watson hit Renfro for that pass in the end zone to beat Alabama the first time, it was the best thing as a fan you can witness. So, but I just, I stick up for Dabo because, I mean, he's a really good Christian guy and people get tired of that narrative that he's pushing. But when you're at the top, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, you know how that works. All these coaches do have, they do good deeds for their community and there's, you know, you hear about the good stories, but the second they they come off as as negative and whiny, um, I, I never. I, yeah, he kind of complains, but you know, my God, Nick Saban, <laughs> he he screams at the media all the time, and and uh, that's what happens, and especially when you're winning like Dabo has done at Clemson, you're gonna catch that side of it, and uh, but he's look his trophy case is filling up, you know, with ACC championships and possibly another national title. Um, I'm going to say that this game, to me, has the feeling of LSU. And I don't want to go back and forth because I know a lot of fans don't give a damn. If Arkansas is not involved, I get it. But this is a national championship game after all. Just sit tight for a second. Uh, but I like I like LSU. At first, my thought was this thing's going to be like it's got 45 to 17 written all over it. But the more you think about it, Clemson has been there. Yes, LSU, to me, is a better team. They've proved it. Their body of work proves it. They've played a far more difficult schedule. You can even push aside the SEC quote-unquote bias. They're legit. The thing is, Clemson has been there. This staff knows what to expect. What I think happens, I think LSU gets off to this big lead. I think they get comfortable. And Clemson doing what Clemson does, Dabo doing what he's done, what he what he's done before, Trevor Lawrence, who's a trusty sophomore quarterback, this kid looks like a senior, plays like a senior, they find a way to get back into it. And I think it comes down to the final minutes in the fourth quarter. Starts off with a decent-sized spread with LSU. They get off to a quick start because, my God, Joe Burrow is a fantastic quarterback. He's played defenses that are pretty damn good and done really well. Clemson's no exception. They're a damn good defense. But I think they come out swinging, LSU does, and then Clemson finds a way because of their experience, and they're a pretty damn good team. They got some talent, no doubt, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They find a way in the second half to claw back into it and make it a game in the fourth quarter. I think it comes down to the fourth quarter. I still think LSU wins, but by probably that that margin, probably five or seven points, somewhere in there. That's where I'm at. Um, I still, like I said, print the hats. I think they win. I don't think Clemson – their experience is what would make LSU fans nervous. But it is so hard to bet against what LSU's done on offense. My God. And on the same token, it's hard to bet against what Dabo's done in the playoffs and what he's done. He's been here. This team has been there. You cannot you cannot undervalue that. So it's going to be a firefight, man. I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm way more excited for this than I thought I would be. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, 
And I think that's it. Episode 56 has come to the end. Thank you guys for downloading and listening. Please remember to give us to give us some star power. I'm getting ahead of myself. Remember to give us some star power. Please feel free to leave a written review. We do appreciate every single one of you guys to our Discord. Thank you for your great questions as always. You guys kind of bail us out a little bit. We we appreciate you greatly. Until the next episode, I think I think don't hold me to this. But Jacob may very well be available for Thursday's show, so we'll get him in here and we'll talk some Razorback basketball. Razorback Arkansas, Arkansas Razorback basketball. My God, pull it together, man! Until then, woo pig suey, go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.